Welcome to the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that is not about gardening or growing marijuana. The Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast is a show about how to get through life while living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm sure glad you're here. New episodes of the podcast drop every Friday. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. Head over to the website to read our blog, which comes out every other Monday, blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com. On the website, be sure you subscribe to our newsletter and there download your free art print. There's also a spot to send me a message with any prayer requests, questions, or ideas for a new episode that you would like to hear about. Thanks for joining us. Now on to the show. Hey guys, glad you're here. Connie, your host from Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. Today, I just wanted to talk with you a little bit more about trauma. I wanted to try and encourage you. Um, 2020 has just been a year, hasn't it? There's been all sorts of jokes out on Facebook about how, you know, an angel was supposed to, you know, put the difficulties into like a century and he ended up putting it into all of just 2020, all of the trouble into 2020. I mean, this has been a year for the record books. Like Oklahoma never has had an ice storm in October that I am aware of. Like normally we're still in shorts and just the second worst ice storm in the history of Oklahoma happened this year in 2020. So it's been crazy. But as things like ice storms and, um, you know, financial trouble and COVID and, you know, just the normal everyday problems of life, I've also been really right in the thick of dealing with past trauma. And I don't know if you have past trauma. I guess I could, I feel pretty certain that most people do. Most people have that something that looms over them, whether it was done to you or you did it to another person, or it's a sin or an addiction or something that just has kind of made your life super difficult and it it's from the past or maybe it's from the past, but it's still in the present and it's looming over you and it's just constantly tormenting you and it shows up in your thoughts and it shows up in your behaviors and it shows up in your sleep and it shows up in your um, how much or little you eat or how much or little you do certain things, whether That's, you know, going out and hanging out with friends or going to church or whatever. This thing or multiple things just keeps being present and you are feeling hopeless. You're feeling like this is just how it is. And if you try to deal with that thing, life seems to get harder. And I wanted to kind of address that. Now, I do have... Uh, PTSD. I'm working through it. Um, I'm, I'm in, um, you know, counseling right now to, um, process past traumas and stuff. And even if you're not in counseling, you're not, you don't have any quote unquote diagnosis. You don't, you know, 
whatever that support is that you feel like your um, suffering is being recognized, I want to assure you that God sees the hurt that you have and he sees the bondage that you're in and he cares. And so I want to kind of share a little bit of scripture here that I've been reading that I feel like the Lord has led me to because it is so hard. It's one thing when something terrible has happened like abuse or neglect or, um, you know, death or loss and you stuff it down and it's there and, you know, it's kind of just bubbling up underneath the surface, but it still is packed down really tight. So you're aware of it, but it's still buried. And so you live your life and, you know, it affects you, but it's just kind of there in the background. So you can ignore it mostly. But then when you try to address it, to address what's happened, to address the reasons that you feel all of the sorrow and the grief and the uncontrollable emotion, it's like the pressure and the pain is too much and it overtakes you. And so then it's like, okay, well, this happened and I can't seem to do anything about it. So I guess I just have to stay with it there in my life. And then it just pops up from time to time. And, and it's always there with me, always making things difficult, always coloring my relationships and my joy and my life. And that is just so hard. And the reality is, is that's how it is unless we determine to trust in our God. And to not back down from it. I've talked about it in different podcasts. What is the best way to deal with a sin or a fear or, you know, those types of things. The best way to deal with them is to stop running away, to turn around, to put your hands on your hips in a a mental kind of way visually in your mind, I guess, and to look at that fear, to look at that thing that you're jealous of, to look at that thing that has had control over your mind and to say, I am not running away from you anymore. I'm coming right at you. Get ready. And you run towards it. Maybe that sounds silly, but the problem is that we give these things because they're big and because we cannot, hear me out, we can't do anything about them. We can't change the patterns of thought and behavior. We can't forgive. We can't get healing on any of these things on our own. But with Jesus and hard work, we can. But we get intimidated often by the large amounts of pain that are inside of us, the large amounts of anger, the large amounts of 
memories, the large amount of emotion, and we run away. And then we get hopeless, depressed, mad at God because we can't seem to get better when the reality of it is we have to set our face like Flint and stop running away when things get hard because the way to heal from trauma, the way to heal from past sins, past mistakes, past anything that eats you up today that's invading your life and your thoughts is through it. Yes, going back through it, not running away from it. It doesn't get removed by pretending it's not there, by wishing it wasn't there, by being angry that it is there. It gets removed by the power of Jesus holding our hand as we go back through whatever has happened to us. And that can look many different ways. It can look as therapy. It can look as therapy and medication. It can look as your Bible. It can look as behavior changes. Any, There's not a certain way that the Lord does this. He does it in a tailored way that fits you, but it always involves taking his hand and facing with him that thing and going back through it. So I'm going to read a few verses um, right now in Isaiah 49. I'm reading out of the ESV translation. Um, so if you have like a an NIV or the Amplified or the King James, it might be a tiny bit different. Um, but this is in the ESV. And this is Isaiah 49. And I'm going to read right now verses 15 through 18. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders make haste. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste go out from you. Lift up your eyes and see. They all gather, they come to you. As I live, declares the Lord, you shall put them all on as an ornament. You shall bind them on as a bride does. Okay, I want to... Go back to verse 15. I'm going to share some of my thoughts because this was my scripture this morning as I got up and again was feeling the weight of, Lord, this has just been so hard and so long. And really, to be brutally honest, hopelessness. And what is hopelessness? It's this feeling that there, what if there really isn't anything else? What if this is all there is? What am I going to do? Which is all lies from the pit of hell. Because with God, there is hope. But I will tell you, and I'm telling myself, hope requires hard work. 
And we just get this mindset. I get this mindset that at some point, my suffering is going to be enough for God just to swoop in and fix it. But that's not truth. We have to get away from the mentality that we were not built for hard work. Because we are strong and God has put within us a spirit of resiliency. And we can do this hard work to have hope. We can do the hard work of facing with him because we're not alone. The trauma and the sin of our past. So in verse 15, it says, can a woman forget her nursing child? And the Lord is honest. He says, yes, they can. But I won't forget you. So even if humans have caused you great suffering, God has not forgotten you. And then it says, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Now, I know that I have read before, I have, you know, your name is engraved on the palm of my hands. But this says, I engraved you on the palm of my hands. To me, that is referring to the entirety of a person, to everything about them, to all of their hurts and their failures and their sins and their likes and their personality And it's written permanently on the palm of his hand. What is the most used part of your body almost, aside from your feet? Your hands. And it's not your name, like a generalized Stacy or Bob or Connie or Bill. It's who you are. Like that is how well you are known by your God. You are not forgotten. You are engraved. All of you is engraved with tenderness and love on the palm of his hands. And then it says in verse 16, your walls are continually before me. Well, what does that mean? I believe the spirit was speaking to me this morning that just as you as a whole person, are engraved on the palm of his hands. Your place, where you roam, where you live, where you are, are before the Lord. Your prison that is made, that you live in, your walls. What are walls? Walls are boundaries. Walls can be the area, the proximity that you live and work and and play in. And it can also be your prison. The Lord is saying everything about you I am familiar with. I am in the middle with it, with you. I am present in your life, your prison, your work, everything to do with you. I am there. He's also saying, In verse 17, your builders make haste, your destroyers and those who laid waste to you go out from you. Because when we 
walk with the Lord and we don't run away, the things that did us harm begin to pack up their bags and go. It's not slow. It's often very messy and painful, but that is what will happen. And then it says in verse 18, lift up your eyes around and see. They all gather. They come to you. As I live, declares the Lord, you shall put them on as an ornament. You shall bind them as a bride does. I felt the Spirit saying to me today, why would we lift our eyes up? Because when we're looking straight ahead and around us, all we see is the mess. All we see is the pain. All we see is what we perceive to be the purposelessness of it all, the depression, the hopelessness, the frustration, the agony. But when we lift our eyes up, We are going over our present circumstances. We are looking outside of ourselves and we are there. Maybe it's more like looking over out into the spiritual, seeing the beauty and the presence of God that's still there. And we can't do that when we look straight in front of us. So lift up our eyes. And then it says, as I live, declares the Lord, that is a promise right there. You shall put them on as an ornament. What is that meaning? We think of the pain of the past being eventually dismantled or burned up or taken away or removed from us when really, I believe more often than not, the pain of the past, the shame, the regret, the abuse, the turmoil is not to be removed from us. But it is to be worn. It is our victory necklace, our victory wardrobe. It shows that that thing that had power, that had dominion over our lives has been cut down to size. But it is still a part of us and it has made us who we are. And with God, we wear it victoriously and we use it. To bring other people hope. We don't want to get rid of our past and get rid of the terrible things that happened. We don't want those things to have dominion over us. We don't want them to be in control of our thoughts and our lives. We want them to be under our control, which is under the Spirit's control. And then those things become powerful and beautiful tools that we use. Your abuse can be taken from turning you into somebody that's afraid and fearful and insecure to someone that has that at your disposal to help other people become strong and courageous and valiant and secure in who they are in Christ. Your terrible addiction can become a victory story that you can take off from around your neck and you can bless someone else with the gift of what God has done in you. We don't need the removal of our past. We need victory. Excuse me. We need victory over it. Let me say that again because I got a frog in my throat. We don't need the removal of our past. We need the victory from it. Our past is a gift that we have the privilege of wearing. It becomes an ornament that we can give pieces of our past to other people 
to encourage them. Your past is painful, but it's a precious gift. Your past is painful, but it is a precious gift. There is beauty in your brokenness. God purposely uses the broken things. You are not alone. You are not forgotten. Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Lift up your eyes. As I live, declares the Lord, you shall put them on as an ornament. You shall bind them on as a bride does. What is a bride? A very, very happy woman. Women wait their entire lives to get married. That day is significant. There is a significant day coming in your life where you will be wearing the pain of the past with the promise of the future. That you will have on your person pieces of the past in a beautiful necklace, or if you're a man, a handsome belt that you will be able to take off and give to people to help them continue in their journey. Friend, refuse to give up. Trust in the Lord your God. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to. It's very simple. You have to believe in him, that he is the Savior, you have to see your need for for salvation. You have to see that you are a sinner and you have to believe that he died on the cross for you. And then all you do is in a simple prayer, which is just really a conversation with God. Ask him to forgive you. Tell him that you believe and tell him you want him to come into your heart. Because there is nothing that you can do to find salvation on your own. It is a free gift that you must receive and accept and believe. And when that happens, you're saved and you can never be unsaved. And if you don't know Jesus, then none of what I'm talking about applies to you. You have to know Jesus to be able to have the hope that we do have as believers. So I would encourage you to pray about this, to think about this and to give your heart to Jesus because he loves you and he died for you. And there is a life of not painlessness, but purpose and hope waiting for you upon your acceptance of the great gift of salvation. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. It's great. It's just started launching. So it's um, alternating every other week, a craft video, and then something called Lawson Live. And then don't forget to share and to comment on this podcast. I greatly appreciate um, the engagement from my audience. Let me know what topics would be helpful to hear about on the show. If you have an idea for um, a guest or if you would like to be a guest on the show, be sure to email me. You can reach out to me 
on the Contact Me page on blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings. Now, I will say, speaking is my jam and writing is not, so I haven't put out a new blog on the website in quite a while, but you can still contact me through there. And if I ever do want to write another one, then uh, you'll have the website address for that. Thank you so much. Let me know how I can pray for you and I will see you next Friday.